Welcome to the Serie A Show. Hello, everybody. We are back for another edition of the Serie A Show. As always, I am joined by Nima and Chloe. Of course, we're going to start with the Derby, Nima. Um, I would assume you lived those two halves in very different manners. I assume the first one, you were crouched in the fetal position, whereas in the second one, you were up on your feet pretty happy because that was truly, I mean, it's such a cliche, a tale of two halves. It, it's it's overused yeah. most of the time out of context, but I mean, it lives so true for this one, yeah? Oh, for sure. I mean, last week you called me a Cornelio because I refused to, uh, a coward, because I refused to uh, <laughs> give my prediction on the Derby. And and I really was scared of this game, dude. I, I told you, I was really, really, really scared of this game because there was so much that could go wrong. And I saw so many things that could potentially go wrong. And they all went wrong in the first half. The fact that Inter defended too deep and uh, and were completely unbalanced. Uh, the fact that Benacer had that time on the ball that I didn't want him to have. The fact that Teo Hernandez was able to play the way, as well as he did. And of course, that, that Ibra, you know, he, he he loves scoring against Inter. He loves making life miserable for Inter. And and when you de- the thing about him is that when you defend so deep and he you can just send long balls to him for him to kind of suck in, you know, get these balls into him closely and flick them off. You know he's he's world class at that. Uh, he's still he's very good at that. He's probably the best in the world at that. And 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 all of that happened. Everything happened. All of that happened in the first half. So I was, and then you know the fact that he scored and stood against the Kuva North celebrating. I mean, I knew it was going to happen. I, you know, it's just just I just saw this coming. And then I did. But I got to say, I did. I had in a million years, I did not think that Inter were going to turn that game on its head the way they did. Because in the second half, what Conte did was just move everyone, you know, move move the the balance of the team about five ten meters off the pitch, and then all of a sudden it looked like Pioli were were looked completely clueless. I mean, in, in a way, this game reminded me. I don't know if you guys saw the Champions League game between Borussia Dortmund and Inter, where the first half Inter were two goals up and dominated Borussia, and then in the second half Borussia destroyed Inter and scored and won that game three uh, two. Or I think it was four two actually, um, I can't remember. But but it was it was pretty much like that. The game really 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 reminded me of that. And 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 it was it was. I'm just happy for all the neutrals that were watching because apparently this game was such a such a watched game all over the world. I mean, talk about an advert for Italian football. I mean, the atmosphere. I mean, that stadium. That the atmosphere, the 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 quality of the game, the 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 goals scored. It was world class. It was it was the derby. De la Madonina that, that I've grown up with, uh, and 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 I think it's the most beautiful city derby because of that. Uh, this this the, you know the spectacularness of it, and and it was it was truly amazing. The game, I mean, as far as Milan goes, I can understand that they're upset, but they were two go- they were two they hit the woodwork twice, and they were two woodworks away from equal, from drawing a team that net spent sixty seventy million in the summer. So they shouldn't feel too bad. Well, um, as Nima said, for the neutral, it was just a wonderful, wonderful game of football. It was just, you know, I couldn't take my eyes off it. Um, I said before the match started, I said, I've, I've not said this anywhere in public, but I have this really weird feeling that Milan are going to win. And in that first half, 
I was like, see, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. You know, they, they Inter looked lost. They looked dead and buried. Um, Milan were impressive in every single way. Ibrahimovic was putting in the the performance that we all know he can on the big, biggest stage. And they, like Nima said, they hit the woodwork. They were a bit unlucky in a way. And then in the second half, it was a completely different match. It was... You know, Inter were equally as impressive as Milan had been in the first half. Um, that shot that Christian Eriksen um, crashed right against the angle was amazing. It, it, you know, it, it was it was everything you, a neutral could have hoped for um, from the Milan derby. And I think everyone watching, except for Milan fans, will have just absolutely loved the spectacle of it. Like Nima said, the atmosphere and... And the excitement, it had you gasping, it had you, I can't believe what's what I've just seen. It was it was incredible, really, and, and just so, so enjoyable. So let's take this from each side then. If you're a Milanista, obviously you're going to feel hard done. But what are you, what are you taking away from this? Uh, Nima, do you agree with Pioli uh, when he said after the match that his team was a bit naive and he was very disappointed in the manner in which they defended? Uh, for me, I, I think that might be a bit harsh because they had opportunities. Uh, Zlatan had an opportunity that he missed that would have equalized. Yeah. So I, I, I think is he really saying that if they if they draw three to three? I probably don't think so. From their perspective, what what do you make of it? No, as, as I said, to me, Milan have should be very proud of their performance and. You know, we, we, I watch, you know, all of us watch a lot of Serie A and I've watched Milan quite a bit this season. Uh, and, and I thought ever since he, ever since Ibrahimovic got back to Milan, this 4 4 2 has clicked and Milan are playing like a big team. They have a big team mentality and Benacer and Theo Hernandez have been phenomenal. Um, so I think there was so much they could take away. I mean, I've not seen, I've seen Inter have played Barcelona, Borussia Dortmund, Juventus. But they've never been so outplayed as they were in those first 45 minutes as against Milan. That says quite a bit. Uh, that, that says everything. That, that the Milan, there, there, is, there is quality in this Milan side. They just need to, you know, they need, they need to just build on it. And I think there is no shame. I mean, going into this game, no one gave Milan a chance, except for maybe me and Chloe. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's true. I mean, we, I was scared. I was really scared going into this game. And, 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 and they, they really played some damn good football. And they were so balanced. And, I mean, Kessie out, physically outmaneuvered Barella. Benasse had all the time in the world to play the, to dictate the tempo in a way that he's so damn good at. Theo Hernandez was running riot on the left against Kandreva. Ibrahimovic was, was keeping Skriniar and Godin occupied by himself and winning every single challenge. Um, no, it was Milan were really, really good. And they showed that they just need to, they, are, they lack the routine that a big team needs. Uh, to That's something they have to work on because it is pretty much, a, it's a young team. It's a young team that's not worked well long together. So I think this, this, was, this was a very encouraging performance by Milan. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, I, I understand that Piolo was upset because he may have seen things 
um, you know, where he's issued instructions and the players haven't followed those instructions. And, you know, he, he knows more than we do about what he said and whether those players sort of collapsed and didn't follow what he'd said. But having said that, Milan are a team that, the you know, a, a superb Milan performance and a superb Milan team went in at 3-0 up in the Champions League final against Liverpool and ended up losing, as we know. It can happen to any team. I think when you go in at half-time with a, a, an advantage of two or more goals and you come out and suddenly the other side get one back, there's there's a momentum shift sometimes. And I think sometimes you, you can't really do anything about that. If, if the opposition... Um, have a couple of maybe fortunate goals, or they they start playing well, and and things the luck just swings, and I think that's really really hard to do anything about that when when that when that happens, and it doesn't happen all that often, but when it does, you just have to say, well, that was one of those days, and and I think that was it for Milan, and I think Nima's right that there were so many positives for them to take that if they can perform like they did in that first half against some of the lower sides in Serie A, they'll 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 pick up the points and the wins and and they'll be absolutely fine. So there are lots lots of good things to take away. Maybe some of the players didn't quite perform how they should have done in the second half, but you know, they it, it it's a big rebuilding pro- process for them. They've they've struggled for so long and they had such a bad start to the season that these things aren't turned around easily or overnight. And and I just think that they are making progress and that's all that they can ask for right now. Yeah, yeah. So you couple that result with the one where Verona, they do it against Juve. Spectacular match, by the way. Um, you guys were absolutely right about Jodic. Uh, this guy. Wow. <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe there is something in the water at Genoa because I, I think – if he continues to manage these results, he's certainly going to draw the eye of some bigger clubs. And then Lazio, they beat Parma in... Do we want to discuss that penalty? Why wasn't it you... Why, that's the thing. Again, the VAR, the VAR. Why wasn't it... Why didn't they intervene? Like, that was that is definitely worth... I mean, the definition, again, of this ridiculous notion of clear and obvious error. Like, that drives you crazy. It drives me crazy as well. Because if you have a situation like that... Look at the VA. Let the VAR tell the referee that look, or maybe he was over. Maybe the VAR was overruled, and the referee said, "No, we're not. We're not looking at that." I I don't know. I just, but I did find it very weird. Weird as well. But the point is that we don't know, isn't it? I think we've said this before that with the VAR that if we knew what the rationale behind it was, if they they had some reporting process where they had to explain what had happened and explain whether it had been reviewed and and if it had been reviewed and turned down for what reason then we would all feel a lot better about these incidents it's it's the lack of reporting back after something like that's happened that that causes the issue with those results now we have the best title race in all of Europe or at least in the top these we should say I I mean this is this is thoroughly entertaining this is something and I think I speak for all of City fans regardless of who you support Um, I think this is something we've been yearning for for quite some time so at this very moment the 13th of February as we record this how are each of you feeling because I, I I genuinely don't know like if you had to put 
okay, so obviously we're all assuming this is a three-horse race. Give me your percentages for the three. For me, um, I would say Juve still have, even though Chloe and I picked uh, Inter in the beginning of the season, I still think Juve have that in them to really turn this around. So I'll give them uh, 50%. I will give Inter 30%. And then I will give Lazio 20 Now, I'm not a, I, I, I was never good at math, but I think that <laughs> equal one. <laughs> no, I... Actually, you know, I'll give, I'll give Inter, I'll give them 35. So 50, Juve, 35 to, to, to uh, Conte's side. And then I will give 15 to Lazio. Now, Chloe, how, how would yours come out? Um, I think my math isn't my strong point either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I think the eight titles in a row have got to mean that Juve are still, still the favourites. We've, we've got to say that eight titles in a row have got to swing the balance in their favour because another team are yet to prove that they can actually that they can actually stop this run. Napoli came close, but they didn't do it. So 60% for Juve. Um, I would say 30% for Inter and 10 for Lazio, because I do think that for them to win the title, for, for both Inter and Juve to have to slip up, it's quite a long shot, but they're absolutely in the race. Don't, don't miss, miss, um, interpret what I'm saying they're definitely in the race but it's it's just it is still a small chance for them I feel I couldn't agree more uh, this is for the same reasons the same I was just going to say uh get out of my head Chloe <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I have the exact same the exact same percentages uh 60 60 30 10 um this is Juve's title to lose uh, I know you both had Inter uh, as the winner, because you, especially you, John, you and your your jinxing, your southern Italian jinxing. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, this is um, this is this is Juve's title to lose. They they have a they have a breadth, a squad depth, and and width that they just can't. You know, you can't. It's just no. This is Juve's title to lose. I mean, and I think it's best exemplified by the fact that Inter and Lazio are playing each other on the weekend, and. Juve are playing Brescia at home, which they're going to completely walk all over. So I, I don't make too much of it. This is Juve's title to, to win. And I think this will be decided at the at the Juventus uh, Stadium or Allianz Stadium when they meet. When when they, I can't think, I can imagine Juve will lose that game. I think it'll end in a draw or Juve win. And then Juve have two, two wins against uh, Inter and that, that's that. You know, so now for me, for me, it's still. I'm not getting excited. I, as I said, Inter's Inter's objective this season was to qualify from the Champions League a group or get at least to the quarterfinals of the Europa League semi-final. Um, then it's to get to the final of the Coppa Italia and to put a put a you know finish in the top three in the Serie A while whilst trying to challenge, not win, but challenge as long as possible for the title. And that's what they're doing. So no, I, I I'm still very calm. Uh, I'm not losing my mind yet. I still think this is completely their title to to win, or sorry, their title to lose. So, are we at all pessimistic on what we've seen from Juve lately? Because I think we all, again, we have all raised some concerns, especially 
as of late in the manner in which they're playing. It hasn't been aesthetically pleasing even remotely. They still have managed to get some results, but then you see what happened like this against Verona. What is our level of concern for them? Because Europe is starting again, and they are not going to go far if they continue to play like this, right? I'm not the only one who thinks that, no. right? I, I mean, they've looked terrible. Yeah, they really have. Um, you know, they, they, they. Although Verona were very, very good and very well organized, it it wasn't just that. It was also the fact that Juve were a long, long way from the best. They, you know, they were. They didn't really turn up. I I think I read something like they had three three shots on target or something over the last two games I think it was three shots on target or something really low like that um and they just haven't been anywhere near their best but you don't know with Sari you you really don't know whether it's it is just getting used to his system like you know I think any any talk of getting rid of Sari at this point is completely ludicrous because anybody who watched the first his first season at Napoli uh, he he won a load of games at Chelsea at first, and then he had a lull, and then he came back again. You know, it, it's that's just a non-factor for me. It's just a non-starter completely. But it almost, I almost wonder if after having won eight titles in a row, and almost last year they were almost just going through the motions because they knew how to win under Allegri, but they were very very poor. Whether it would help them to sort of press the reset button and not win it this year and and then come back stronger from it. I almost think they've almost been hypnotised by winning so many in a row because it's never happened before. And they need to kind of snap back into whatever they want to be under Sari. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, I, th- I think they'll still expect to do well in Europe and et cetera, but... <laughs> What's so funny, Nima? I'm sorry, Fifth. When you said that, I just think of uh, what he said about the post office. The Italian oh, it was post so office. good. It was so good. <laughs> and the Italian post office have responded. <laughs> it's just so funny. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, sorry. Basically, Maurizio Sarri said uh, going into the Coppa Italia game that uh, if he wanted to avoid pressure, he would have taken a job at the post office. <laughs> and the Italian post office have really. Oh, it's, it's so very typically Sarri, something like that. It's so funny. And the Italian post office have taken such offense to this thing. How dare you, Posta Italiana invites Mr. Sari to spend a few minutes of his precious time discovering that the post office is the largest company in the country, chosen by young graduates as one of the most attractive companies. Like, they've gone full-on mean girls, and uh, it's just Italy, Italy, what can you say? <laughs> oh, sorry, it's just funny. Um, it's very funny. Well, what do you make of Juve, Nima? I think that Juve, I mean, I, I think a lot of what happened is against uh, Hellas was was the fact that Hellas were so damn good. I think uh, I, th- I really think they were so good. I think they did exactly what they have to what you have to do when you play Juve. The problem is that it's so difficult to do that for 90 minutes against Juventus and that's what makes what Juric did even more and and his team what they did so much more impressive. Um, the fact that they pressed so high yet they were so balanced defensively they knew exactly when to fall back. Uh, as and defend deep and went to went to hit it high hit high and uh, pressure high up and it was it was just such it was so impressive to see um 
to to see Hell. It was the perfect game by Hellas, and they they won deservedly, and they probably should have could have won by a couple of more goals, which makes this even more interesting because, in in a way, it was similar to what Lazio did when Lazio defeated them both in the Supercoppa and the Serie A. So this is how he, how teams are going to play against uh, Sarri's Juve now. Now 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 it kind of falls on Sarri to say, okay, well now it's time for you to take that you know, to put in the second, third gear and get your football to work full on. Can he do it? Well, you know, that's the, that's the million dollar question. I personally think he can, because I think we, like we've spoken before, like Chloe has said so many times in the show, and we've all said that you can see, um, you can see that, you know, you can see that more and more of the movement and the pace uh, of this team, uh, the, of Sari's brand of style, is being ingrained into this team more and more and more, and that's that's that, that's something that will you know that's typical Juve as well. They they don't need to be good in February. They have to be good in March, April, and they will be. That's my you know that that's the, I'm completely convinced of that. But as you said, Chloe, it would be maybe a sign of health for them to maybe press the reset button if they were to lose the title, which I don't think they will. But uh, maybe, maybe that is maybe that's a good thing for them. But I don't think we're we're quite there yet. Um, they're still on the same points as Inter, and they they defeated Inter. Um, they're in the they're in the finals of they're in the knockout stage of the Champions League. They might go to the you know they might destroy Milan now and go to the final of the Coppa Italia. I mean, this is just a slump for them. I can't I can't imagine anything else. I was just going to say, just as another little point, that um, it's whether the uh, Agnelli and the leadership at Juve have got the backbone to stick this out because there are a lot of Juventus fans out there, the younger fans that have only known this eight in a row spell and that are absolutely losing their minds about the fact that Juve have even lost a match, never mind a whole title, you know they're absolutely apoplectic about the the prospect of the fact that they might they might not win this year and it's whether you know there's there's this there's this thing of no publicity is bad publicity and I think in a way there are more eyes on Juve when they're not winning than when they're winning because winning is just business as usual it's whether the leadership see this transition period as a, as a good thing marketing wise because they they are more in the spotlight when they lose or whether they will give in to the pressure of the people, these younger people who are very active on social media and they, they like saying their opinions um, about this this whole notion that they might not win the title this year. Um, it, it, it depends really how, how they see it and whether they might sort of give in to the pressure of, of some supporters who are, who are not happy at all with not winning yeah and then we had rumors this week too that uh allegri uh could oh, be God. potentially recalled i mean juve generally a pretty other than that new crest that they came out with <laughs> generally a pragmatic club so i can't imagine that they would go down that path it, it's almost as if if that was even in your mind why in the world would you wait until february to do so middle of february exactly and, exactly I mean, that seems like something you would do, you know, two months ago, should that even, if that's even where their heads are at right now. So I, I just, 
yeah, I they're such a strong club. You can't imagine that they would let this negative period really drag them down. Um, but fast forwarding though, so this weekend we have two really eye opening or important matches, especially for with Champions League implications. So we have Inter Lazio, or I'm sorry, it's technically Lazio is a home side, and then we have uh, Atalanta Roma. So let's start with the first Nima. How do you? I can't imagine you feel good coming into this one, right? No, no, absolutely not. Especially given that Inter are still not quite yet out of their January slump. Uh, slump. Um, they're, you know, they losing against Napoli after a after a ninety minutes that almost put every put put themselves to sleep uh, on the pitch. Uh, they there was no movement. There was no they, they they seem almost like zombies out there, especially in the first half. I mean, previously during the season, Inter have Inter have gone out all guns blazing in the first half and then maybe, you know, receded a little bit in the second half. Now it's now it's barely even that. I mean, they, the first half against Inter Milan, they didn't even turn up. The first half against Napoli, they, they didn't do anything. Uh, but in the second half against Milan, they were able to react. But this this against Napoli yesterday, they, they just didn't. And and of course, Napoli played really defensively and, and Gattuso did, did what he usually does when he plays Inter. And that's kind of to shrink the, 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 um, the space. Um, but... I don't think that Inzaghi will do this against Inter. I don't think that I think he will want to play against Inter the same way he plays against Juventus, in the sense that it's going to be a very tactical game. Uh, Conte is going to be very pragmatic as well. I think this is a game he does not want to lose. I don't think he he, he can imagine uh, losing this game. Um, so he will definitely go in there to try and neutralize and and hurt whilst also playing his brand of football. This can this can really go either way. But above all, Luis Alberto needs to be kept quiet because he is the key to everything Lazio does. He's been absolutely phenomenal this season. A classic trequartista uh, that we haven't seen in Italian football for a long while, I'd say, uh, do, to, to have success the way he's had. He's been phenomenal. And, and Inter need to watch out. They really need to watch out. Um, Stefano Sensi is completely out of form, so I hope he doesn't play. Um, and, and Christian Eriksen is slowly, slowly coming into it. I, I still want to see a 3-5-1-1. I still want to see how that worked. I think in the, towards the end of the second half against Milan, it looked pretty good. But uh, but then again, Lautaro's back. Alexis is back. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I am worried. And we know that Immobile, you know, he might not be in the outrageous form he was a month and a two, two months ago. But he will, you know, give him a chance and he'll score. He is that good. Um, so it's it's going to be a nail-biter. But I, I have a feeling that both of these two, two teams are going to cancel each other out. And there's only one winner in that situation. And those are the black and white from Turin. Yeah, see, my initial thought for this one was a draw. But yeah, I, I really don't know what, what to make of it. Um, Chloe, what are your feelings on it? I don't know. It, it's another one that's hard to call, really. Um yeah, I don't know. I draw. I guess a draw. I would say a draw. Yeah, I think it's a draw. It's got draw. Like these two teams yeah. will cancel each other out. And, and really, for them, I guess it's 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 probably better to settle for that than than lose. Um, yeah. And because obviously, Juve have a chance against Brescia to to take to take them higher, and uh, if they get the three points, you know, not. Inter and Lazio can't both get three points this weekend, so it's time for them to sort of um, make up for last last week's defeat. So yeah, maybe, maybe 
both Lazio and Inter will both realise that it, it would be better to draw. <sighs> okay, now. Um, <laughs> What's happening in Roma? Know. Can we can we talk about Roma a little bit here? Because I don't... You... No, no, we can't. <laughs> no, no, because it's been all bad. There's, there's nothing positive you can take understand. away. It, it's... What? I think it's a mix of injuries. I, I just think, you know, some clubs can live with injuries. But I think Roma are just so susceptible. As I said last week, this Roma with their best 11 are easily in the top three or four of the best clubs in the city. You take one of those pieces away, and it's like a, a, a house of cards. You take one of it away, one of the cards away, and the whole thing crumbles. And that's what it feels like. Uh, if I have to watch any more, a Brian Cristante. <laughs> oh my God! He's not this a guy. He is. So, <laughs> listen, a lot of people think I take things personally, or I, I I make them personal when I don't like a player. Everybody knows I never liked Alessandro Florenzi as a right back, midfielder. No problem with him. Right back, he's terrible. That's how people are getting with me and Cristante. They think I just don't like him as a person. No, I, I mean. It's not that. He's very, very bad. Um, here's the thing, though. I don't know what to expect from this Atalanta at home because they've dropped points to Cagliari at home. They dro- they recently dropped points to Genoa at home. So I-, I have no clue what Atalanta is going to show up. Is it going to be the one that, you know, uh, ruthlessly pounds Milan 5-0? to zero? Or is it going to be the one who who concedes two at home to Genoa, who are dreadful? I, I have no clue. Um, because I expect a much improved Roma. I don't think we'll see what we've seen from them in these last two match days. Because um, obviously, I don't think it could get much worse than that. But I, I have no For me, the it, it, this isn't about Roma. This is about Atalanta. Well, I, the thing is, what I don't understand is uh, why Fonseca is doing what he's doing. Okay, I understand, you know, during the, in, in I think it was October, November, when you were really hit by injuries, he moved up Mancini to replace Diavara, and he had Fazio playing with Smalling. Which why is not, what he's going to do. Why doesn't he do, that, do that, again? that again? Well, thank God. I mean, why why hasn't he done it already? Because it used to work, and it worked really well. And and, and Mancini in that DM role was, was phenomenal. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. His passing, his positioning, his everything, and and I don't, and I think that it would be such a typical Roma thing. And I've I've had Roma in the top four all season. Now Roma actually have to win because three points chasing Atalanta were three points ahead of you. If they lose, that's six points. That's game over. If you ask me for the Champions League point, Champions League six points like that's that's it's that's a quite lot. a lot. Yeah. Um. And and so I I think it would be like the most Roma thing ever to go up there to Bergamo and then just completely wipe the floor with Bergamo, with Atalanta. Like, that's how crazy and, un, like, that's how unpredictable Roma are this season. Like, they, they put in this amazing performance in the derby where they outclass Lazio. They, they don't win by just bad luck. And then they completely fall apart as it seems. Like, I don't, I, your team is frustrating me, John. I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't get how it works with your team right now. I, I it's it's just mind-boggling. Can you make me feel even remotely better, Chloe? Eva <laughs> did a little bit, slightly. Oh, I don't know. It's it depends how quickly that Roma can recover from this slump that they're in. I guess it's it depends how quickly they can bounce back. It. 
Atalanta are not flawless this season. I know that they've had some very, very big wins, but and I don't think personally that they have been completely perfect. So, well, I wonder what they'll do too because they have Champions well, exactly, League midweek. Exactly. How are they prioritizing things? Yeah, exactly. And and you know, for them, they've they've never been in the Champions League. Never mind the knockout yeah. stages. So that has got to be some kind of distraction, you would think, because that is a very very big night for them. Whether whether they're prioritizing the league or not, you can't avoid the fact that a Champions League knockout game, when you've never ever been in the competition at all, is a big deal. So. There's light. There's some light in the tunnel there for Roma, but they they've got to do their bit and they've got to sort themselves out and pull the socks up pretty quickly because they it, it, it's just been a mess. Mm, couldn't agree more. No, I, I I couldn't agree more. And and, and I think that for, I think that's what's a saving grace here for Roma is the fact that uh, they have the Atalanta have the Champions League now. Um, and to be honest, that's they can actually go through to the quarterfinals. Valencia, yeah, Valencia, not, come on, yeah, they should. they should be able to beat Valencia, and and to do it at home, I think that's the one they're going to go for. And if they can, you know, if they can, I think that they, that has to be on their minds. Anyone say anything else is is you know it's, it's nonsense because that that's never happened in their in the history of their club, um, and it's a huge thing. So I think. Uh, the, you know, if if they if they were playing against Real Madrid or Barcelona or Man City, you you know, you'd be like, you can understand where they might be a little bit, you know, beforehand they would be like, eh, you know, it's gonna not gonna end well, but this is um, this is Valencia and Valencia aren't exactly having an amazing season either, so I think this, they can easily win this. So I think that is that that's Gasparini's biggest job is to try to get the team to focus on the Roma game, and I think that's. That's that. That's also a little bit what speaks to Roma because Roma's season is on the line here. Their backs are against the wall. They have to win against Atalanta, and they know that. And and they they will feel hard to done by. And now Cristante is suspended. Uh, th- you know, much to your joy, <laughs> John. <laughs> so he can't play. So uh, no, I, I think finally we'll get to see the the Roma that we saw when they were last hit by injuries. And um, and I think I think that I, I do think that Roma will win against Atalanta. I think it will be a very entertaining game, high scoring. But I do think Roma will come out on top. I think they want to put out a statement. That made me feel better because <laughs> I don't think I've ever been so pessimistic coming into a big match before. And it made me realize that Alessandro Florenzi could potentially be in the Champions League in Bergamo, which is that, wow. Um, <laughs> Funny how life works sometimes, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's where we're going to leave it. We might be back Thursday just so we can watch Atalanta Valencia. Until then, uh, goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening.